You are listening Studio 41. Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. I'm your host and quiz master Aditya. This is episode 16 of the podcast. In this episode, we feature one of our listeners and perhaps for the first time get an ex-quizzer back into the game. But before that, there is a matter of the audience question. In the previous week's episode, we had Bertie Ashley all the way from Bangalore ask us this question. We're talking about Greek mythology. So Ariadne was the daughter of Minos, the king of Crete. So her father put her in charge of the labyrinth or maze where sacrifices were made as reparations to goddess Athena. Now this maze was guarded by a creature called the Minotaur, which is the head of a bull on the body of a man, just like that red bull thingy. Okay. So Ariadne helped her lover Theseus overcome the Minotaur by using a ball of thread to help him out of the maze. Now, which word in the English language is derived from that very particular ball of thread? I'll give you a clue as well. The word X is pretty much the same as it appeared then. There's only a slight change in the spelling. So that is your clue. And the answer to the question is clue in the spelling. So that is your clue. Yes, Bertie played a prank on us. He actually gave the answer out. He gave the word clue as a clue. There was clueception, a whole lot of things to process. So I'm going to move to Akshay Kumar Singh who guessed it right. This is what Akshay has to say. He says the word clue is a recent variation of the word C-L-E-W which came from the Middle English C-L-E-W-E all of them meaning a ball of thread. He goes on to say Theseus from the question is the same guy on who Plutarch's famous ship of Theseus thought experiment is based on. Also, Theseus has been played on screen by both Henry Cavill and Tom Hardy. And if this wasn't enough, Mark Hamill himself has voiced Theseus in an animated show. This could perhaps make for a connect question. If you too would like to send in your answers to this week's audience question, remember the audience question is always at the end of the episode. And if you'd like to send in the answer, you can send it to us on Instagram at @quiztimeindia this is a studio 41 podcast you can also send in your answers at @podcaststudio41 on Instagram and Twitter and studio41 on Facebook now to this week's quiz today's guest is Chandan Chatterjee born and brought up in India he started quizzing in school and kept up with it till early part of his professional life with brand equity and ad club quizzes currently chandan is a senior executive in a mnc based in finland with a wife two children and a pet dog for the last 25 years he has lived and worked in several countries malaysia hong kong uk singapore netherlands and in between all this the quizzing took a back seat and he says he's a bit rusted and jaded but excited to be back so welcome to quiz time india my name is aditya the quiz coming up next Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. My name is Aditya and today with me we have Chandan. Chandan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It is so good to have you here today. Thank you Aditya. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to join this uh, quiz and particularly this medium of quizzing. So really delighted to be here. Before we get into the quizzing Chandan, 
there is something that I want to talk to you about. And this is about something that happened almost 25 years ago and something that you're a part of. Could you please tell us the story, a brief story of what happened in India's first mobile phone call and how were you a part of it? Because I was reading about <laughs> you and I realized the first ever phone call on this huge landmass that we call India. And you were a part of the team which set that call up. Can you please tell us about it? Right now, India is, if I'm not mistaken, the second biggest mobile market. And this is the story of the first ever mobile call. I really want to know some about it, if you could tell us. No, thanks. Thanks, Aditya, for bringing back. In fact, we, we celebrated the 25 years of the first mobile call on 31st July. So that was 1995 when we had the first call. And of course, this was in Kolkata. We were doing it for, for one of our clients. And uh, it was, of course, a race against time. There were four different cities where mobile networks were being built. And uh, we built the first network in Kolkata. And um, we, of course, launched it first well before um, almost a month and a half before anybody else did the first phone call. You know, it was a momentous thing for us to run a call in the very first instance in India where, you know, there was no coverage at all. So all of 11 base stations, you know, the towers which you see ubiquitously, thousands of them are there in every city now. There were just 11 for the first phone call that we did in Kolkata. Who was the first call between? Who were the first two people in India who spoke over a mobile phone? Is there any information like that? Yeah, yeah. So the first phone call was actually between um, CM of West Bengal, then Jyoti Basu and mm. the Union Communication, then Communication Minister, Sukram. Oh. And that was the first call. And then, of course, we had a commercial we, that was, of course, done in a very small, close surrounding mm. inside writers building in Kolkata. Mm. Open event where we invited people, you know, it was a commercial public opening, launch. public launch. And that was uh -huh. between the local CEO of the organization, uh, Modi Telstra then, and the Telstra Group CEO. So, you know, it was Mr. Modi, uh, who was then the chairman of the Modi Telstra and the CEO of Telstra, which was their uh -huh. partner in Australia. I'd be really disappointed if this doesn't sh start showing up in Indian quizzes. The first phone call in India, who was in between? <laughs> Alright, Chandan, thank you so yeah. much for sharing this story. So, let's get to the quizzing bit now. Are you ready? Sure. I am ready, as ready as I can be. So, Chandan, the format is quite simple. We both take turns asking each other questions. Uh, hints are allowed. Uh, we can uh, give nudges towards the right answer. There is no time constraint. There is no competition. It's all about figuring out the answer, finding the correct answer, and learning something on the way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Looking forward to a fun time. Yes. So I'll start off since I have been the one doing this off late and you have been away from quizzing for more than a decade. So I'll put you at ease. Are you ready for your first question? Yes. Shoot. All right. So Frederick Chopin was a Polish composer. I really hope I got his name right. Frederick Chopin was a Polish composer and he used to write a lot of solo piano pieces. He was born in 1810 and he passed away in 1849, just 39 years old when he passed away, but left a great legacy behind some great musical works. And one of his most famous pieces is the 1830 Waltz called the Grand Walse Brillante. 
Walse is Polish for waltz and grand is grand and brillante is brilliant. So that's what he called it. It was a beautiful piece and almost 70 years later another musician called Francesco Tarrega, a Spanish guitarist, was very moved by this piece by Chopin and he took that and reimagined the waltz as a solo guitar piece and he called it Gran Vals. G-R-A-N Gran V-A-L-S Now, here comes your question. It is said that at the height of its popularity, a four-second piece from the Gran Vals, the guitar solo by Francesco Terrega, the four-second piece of Gran Vals was played approximately 1.8 billion times per day. Can you tell me, what is this four-second piece which was taken from Francesco Terrega's Grand Waltz. Wow, this yeah. is a home run for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Aditya, this is of course the Nokia tune, which is uh, from <laughs> Francesco Terrega's Grand Waltz. Absolutely right. This uh, that was pretty much what it was. How did you know? Where, where did you figure out? Or did you always know this since you are part of the organization? I always knew this. It, I always knew this. So so apparently, uh, from you can probably uh, corroborate this, that uh, Francesco Terrega's tune was taken by an English musician called Thomas Dolby. Nothing to do with the Dolby music and all those uh, setups. And the first time this ringtone was heard was in a Nokia 1011 advertisement in the year 1992 and it was still called Grande Valse back then but then later it was renamed as the Nokia Tune. In fact, Dolby received something called a Lifetime Achievement in Internet Music for creating this tune. Wow. Okay, so these are additional facts which I didn't know about but uh, of course, Grand Vals and the Nokia ringtone were sort of almost ubiquitous. So, the most (laughs) popular phone at one time. So, Alright, so brilliant start. Okay. It's like you never left quizzing. <laughs> First question you knocked it out no, of the No, thanks for... Thank you, thank you. That was a home run for me. So, thank you for that. Maybe now I take you back a little bit in history. Yes, let's do that, definitely. Sure. Now, I want you to give me the name of the person. And I'll just give you a little bit of a story. When he was young, his mother wanted him to be a Sanskrit scholar and sent him away to Kashi Vidyapeet. Hmm. The Jallianwala Bagh massacre was a turning point and he became an active member of an organization called Hindustan Socialist Republican Army. Hmm. He was arrested by the British intelligence or the police for his, you know, so-called anti-national activities. And when he Hmm. was asked to fill in form for a prison record, Hmm. he very cockily wrote... His father's name is Swatantrata, his Mm. own name is Azad and the jail as his home address. Mm. This guy was an expert marksman and he used to rob the British to fund his movement. Name the freedom fighter. Who am I talking about? Alright. So, when you started out the question, when you said Jallianwala, I thought it will be Bhagat Singh. That was uh, where I thought it would be going. But then... You went to the whole court hearing in which the judge asked him, what's your father's name? What's your name? And he mentions, my name is Azad, that I'm free. So the answer would be Chandrasekhar Azad. 
Oh, brilliant. Hey. Brilliant. That's a brilliant one. So, you know, in fact, I had a couple of clues for you. Uh, mm. You recall you asked in one of the previous quizzes, he actually is linked to the trio, you know, Bhagat Singh and, and uh, Sukhdev and Rajguru. He even Correct. trained them. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and he died in uh, Alfred Park, uh, Allahabad. You know, he was shot. Of course, now that park has been renamed as Chandrasekhar Azad Park. Mm. So brilliant, yeah, fantastic. I, I didn't think you would pick that up. You know, actually, I, I also was thinking that you might hear it, but great, fantastic answer. I think it was uh, that whole conversation about uh, the with the judge. Where did you say he was born? Which place? His original name was uh, is was Chandrasekhar Tiwari. Uh, I think they were uh-huh. from MP, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, erstwhile MP and you know for his uh, activities Jhansi was his headquarter so he used to uh-huh. operate out of a forest near Jhansi oh that is something that I didn't know nice alright are you ready for your next question shoot alright so I must tell you beforehand this is not so much of a question I didn't know much to what to make of it but it was a really interesting story of the sort of times that we live in. So, biologists or uh, geneticists, for each gene, which is basically a strand of DNA, RNA and a whole lot of things, each gene, they give it a name and an alphanumeric code. Together, the name and the code is known as the symbol. And symbols make it basically easy for scientists across the world to do their research because instead of saying the entire molecular structure you can just say the name or the symbol and everyone understands that but over the past year or so 27 human genes have been renamed all because of a technological error so all these biologists and geneticists are using a technology which somehow is sort of creating issues with the names and because of that they had to rename all these genes right now it's quite open but I would like you to encourage you to take a guess can you tell me what technological error is it or what technology it is what is happening in this do you have any guess let's see if you can get it somewhere in the ballpark then I'll try to guide you through it um Technology, it's, is it something to do with how these gene names are uh, read or presented in the internet or the computer? Is it, is it because you of that? Are, you are really on the right track there. You are on the right track. Okay, so... Hmm. Just, just thinking out loud, maybe it has something to do with the formatting of the names and and um, you know i'm just thinking y2k you know we had a formatting issue uh, because you know the date lines were limited to eight and then we were crossing this whole millennia thing yeah. so something like that you are I'm absolutely on the right desperately track. guessing you are absolutely you're hitting it out of the park like every guess of yours is going closer and closer to the answer it's so amazing to see this happen all right so let me give you a hint here this technology is or this sort of technological error so these geneticists reported it to the parent company which is microsoft ah 
Microsoft acknowledged it okay. but said it's such a tiny community that it doesn't make sense changing the entire system for it now let's see yeah okay now, now i think i i i may have come across this uh, yeah it's something to do with the microsoft excel spreadsheet uh, uh-huh. you know the way uh, they write these gene names and uh-huh. and um, i think it was confusing it for a date symbol or something like that absolutely I... <laughs> absolutely correct well done chandan well done i didn't even know how to frame this question and yet you have somehow answered it it is it is microsoft excel which is confusing these gene names no you led me to it i <laughs> i i just was shooting around but when you brought it to microsoft and i and i you know recall this having read somewhere that you know it was confusing it for dates yes so uh, i have an example of what was happening so as i said the gene symbol comprises of the name which is in letters and a number followed by it so there is a gene called membrane associated ring ch so that got abbreviated membrane associated ring ch got abbreviated to uh, march, march and it was march. type 1 okay it was type 1 okay. so was entered okay. march 1 excel thought it was a date and ended up making it as 1 march as a date field okay yes. oh brilliant brilliant and that This caused trouble all over the scientific community so they so there is a organization or a committee called hugo gene nomenclature committee and they sat down and they came up with new guidelines because of this error and there is a special clause or a criteria which just deals with excel because they know people will end up using it so for march 1 what they have done is they have added mm-hmm. a bogus letter f in the middle so that excel doesn't pick it up ah okay okay interesting yeah huh? very interesting brilliant, brilliant i am i'm really happy that you got it i'm really excited that you got it it was really well done thank you no you led me you gave me the right clues i i was just groping so thanks for that so now my turn yes absolutely okay so let's uh, build a little bit more this is also a bit of a history not too old but a history question let's say yeah um aditya you've heard this phrase light has gone out of my life yes okay it's a very famous phrase uh, paraphrased in different contexts especially in india i will not bring that context now mm-hmm. was used by a person on 14th february valentine's day 1884 mm-hmm. this person went on to become a us president as mm-hmm. a child this person had a debilitating asthma The young man overcame this affliction with a very strenuous lifestyle and developed a love for sports, mm. boxing. Mm. His hobby was taxidermy which then developed into a passion for hunting and he also became a lifelong conservationist. Uh-huh. Who am I talking about? And US president. The same he had coined this f- phrase. So he used this the light has gone out of my life. in a particular mm. context if i give you the context of course it will um, be good do you, do you want me to give you the context i can no, give it as a clue me, uh, are you me, completely in the dark here no let me uh, just uh, go with what we have so we have 1884 is when he when this person said it and yeah he was uh, a taxidermist a uh, conservation uh, aficionado yeah 
conservationist, lifelong conservationist. Maybe let me give you the clue on which why he used this sentence. It has nothing to do with the rest, so it should mm. it will just broaden this. Uh, he lost his wife due to complications of childbirth and mother to typhus on the same day, which is the fourteenth oh, February, eighteen eighty four. That's when he said, "The light has gone out of my life." Let me take a guess at uh, U.S. president. So, someone like a Roosevelt comes into picture, but I don't think he was. Was he around at eighteen eighty four? I'm not actually. I'm just taking guesses. Well, that is the time he used the statement. So, uh, so you are on the right track in terms of timing wise. So that was only the statement. He didn't become president at that time. So. Aha. Uh-huh. Should I give you another clue? Sure. He was one of the youngest presidents ever. He was also known for his big stick ideology. He is a Republican which and the big stick ideology is speak softly but always carry a big stick. I don't know where uh, that takes me to like a Benjamin Franklin but that was in 1880s also that was one of the founding fathers if I'm not mistaken. Who could it be? Okay, maybe this will help. He got into Oval Office as a successor of an assassinated president. So that's just so okay. It, so who came after Lincoln? <laughs> so after Lincoln couldn't be because this is 1884 okay, was the time he made Lincoln. the statement. He was not the president. Yeah, yeah, and it can't be JFK time as well. So it's in yeah. between, you know, the two. So the two other assassinated presidents, James Garfield and William McKinley. That's what you need to. pick between oh. somebody who succeeded i'm actually at loss here i think there was a clue in his hobby okay um, uh, okay let me give you this one hunting trip think about the hunting trip and what happened there uh, so he went on a hunting trip and mm-hmm. he found and this is a giveaway a bit of a giveaway a he found a injured bear yeah there you are an injured bear so is it Teddy bear, like being a conservationist, yes. he saved it. Yes, that's and brilliant. brilliant. That is brilliant. how it went. Oh. That's so how was... it went. So you know, he, hmm? so so he, he the the press kind of reported Teddy refused. Yeah. I mean, it was Teddy's bear. The headline was Teddy's bear. He refused to shoot, and okay. you know, Teddy's bear became Teddy bear. And of course, the light oh, has gone out of is... my life was used, of course, by Nehru. when he made his speech about gandhiji's death correct uh, that's so where i went thought it was going home. in the beginning the theodore roosevelt you know that's was... why i said not the indian context because of course in an indian context the light has gone out is a very famous uh, nehru speech quote yes absolutely yeah quote ah. that's right that's right so theodore roosevelt lost his wife and his mother on the same day same day ah man that must have been a horrible time for All right. So the next question which I have for you is a really simple question. There is not much story to it. There is not much uh, trivia to it. It's just a simple fact. But it's interesting. So that is the reason I'm asking it. Chandan, can you tell me who is the largest manufacturer of tires in the world? the largest manufacturer of tires in the world is it like a country or a company when you ask that question or it is an organization it is a company that i'm looking for okay hmm wow 
in in surely you're not asking this in the context of a Mm-hmm. you know the dunlops and mrfs or firestones or any of those um, yeah there so there's a slightly tricky part in this question and which is why i'm asking this ah something to do with uh, toys you are absolutely on the right track so toys 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 we uh, toys which have tires hmm thinking different toys which which are the big ones can is it possibly the danish guys uh, lego lego no lego has that many moving parts probably could it be lego it is indeed lego lego is the largest manufacturer of tires in the world it's a whole different thing that we can't use those tires for anything of uh, any productivity but there are toys they do make the most number of tires in the world in fact in 2011 they made 318 million tires in one year whereas wow the second most tire manufacturing company which is a legitimate tire manufacturing company was bridgestone and bridgestone made 190 million and lego made 318 million and this is 2011 wow actually they're saying by 2020 2021 Lego would have doubled the number of tires that they make compared to any other tire manufacturer like an actual tire manufacturer in the world. Oh no, that's a fantastic question. I think it's it's great that uh, it, it's not the regular tires. It's something different, right? So that was what you had to find out like that was the direction you needed to take and you absolutely took that. Well done on that. Okay now this uh, question Aditya is a real trivia. Aha. Uh-huh. And uh, you just have to think little bit laterally. Um what is the origin of the word shampoo? And let me mm-hmm. give you a clue. It obviously originated in Britain but has a very strong link to the its then colony India. Yeah. So think of what could have been the origin of the word shampoo so i think i have read this a long time back or probably heard of this a long time back and i'm quite certain about the answer uh does it have something to do with the famous johnny walker song sar jo tera chakraye if that is a clue <laughs> um <laughs> uh yes the sarjo chakrai is a is a clue but you got to go back a little bit more in time obviously it's it's sort of uh, try to think of a similar sounding word in hindi yes so, so i think this would be champi is it brilliant aha brilliant so so the story goes yeah. um you know it traveled from british india to the heart of britain in a place called brighton and okay. uh, the name is kind of uh, anglicized his name the guy was mohammed din sheik must be now it's called mohammed din sak s a k e so i'm quite mm. sure it's been mis mispronounced set up a bathhouse in brighton okay. where he would provide his clients the therapeutic scalp massage champi oh. champi champu became shampoo shampoo wow and uh, do we have a timeline for this uh, when did Uh, Mr. Sheikh traveled to Brighton. 
I think the uh, bathhouse was 1800 something. Hmm. 1846 or something if I mean you, you can google this. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's quite interesting. It's not like words have obviously traveled but in this case there's actual person who took the word with him and kept using it over there and then the local population picked it up perhaps and made it champi to shampoo correct so i mean champi is not very anglicized right champi yes. could have become shampoo and then you know champu and then champu became shampoo interesting so, interesting yeah all right so are you ready Go for ahead, your please. question yeah so chandan in 1871 on june 22nd in liverpool england Arthur Wynn was born. Arthur Wynn. His father was the editor of a local newspaper called the Liverpool Mercury. Arthur when he was 19 moved to United States and once he was there just like his father he settled down in the newspaper business. Now in 1913 it was peak winter and Arthur Wynn was struggling with the fund supplement of the Christmas newspaper edition. I think if I'm not mistaken he was working in Pennsylvania at that time and the newspaper was coming up with this Christmas edition uh it was a fun supplement of the uh, Christmas edition and he was struggling with one of the columns what to put in for it and after a long hard think he came up with something how to use that space and he chose to call it something he went to the editor asked him does this make sense do you think this would work the editor said yeah this is quite good actually but you know what the name that you're given it flip it make it ulta that sounds like a better name and then they went ahead and they printed it in the newspaper now arthur's idea really stuck and it got adopted far and wide in the print medium and in fact it traveled the whole world it traveled through time it traveled through decades and they even had special books made for what arthur came up with and this thing became a supremely famous or a popular pastime in the world war second can you tell me what did arthur win invent aditya you picked a favorite hobby of mine here aha tell me crossword puzzles indeed so he is the original inventor of the crossword puzzles i i don't remember what it was called when he started it mm-hmm. he came up with word cross because that's how the structure looked his editor told okay. him you know what flip the words so it was okay. published as crossword and the first word to be ever filled because so he made the crossword it was like a diamond shaped crossword that he made and since it was the fun supplement he had the letters fun already printed in a in the one of the lines so in a way fun is the first crossword word ever wow okay i didn't know that but i i mean i think this is one of mm. those old chestnuts which's been doing rounds of quizzing in different places so i i was aware of this and doing crossword is a favorite pastime of mine so yeah is there a thank you like a particular site that you refer to or there's a particular publication that you try to go for you know i used to love uh, i used to love of co- i don't get to do it because you don't get the hard copies here of course it's all online now uh, but i used to love the telegraph uh, crossword on sundays mm-hmm. and the um, i usually like the to do the quick kolkata, right? not the cryptic yeah telegraph on kolkata mm-hmm. and the times uh, quick times of india quick okay nice so yeah that was your question well done 
and uh, now you. is your turn for your last question okay um, this is more uh, modern and it's it's a bit deductive so here it goes aditya you know a sarcophagus is a box hmm. it's a box like hmm. chamber used usually made of stones and uh, used to entomb bodies we all know about the yeah, yeah. famous sarcophagus which was pulled out of the pyramids in egypt and all that yeah um what or where is the world's biggest sarcophagus and, interesting uh, think interesting think uh, april 1986 april 1986 that's yeah. quite recent all right hmm let me think yeah so that's why i didn't want you to go back too far in time my first guess was going to be taj mahal nah? like is the entire thing a sarcophagus <laughs> you just kept the body there <laughs> yeah, hard to say mausoleum would be more uh, like it but appropriate yeah yeah uh, you said 1986 yeah something happened uh, in mm. april 1986 you know obviously not a nice thing so you know that's why a sarcophagus um so uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned i think you mentioned stone but basically it's a box to cover to basically invest the body it, would be yeah typically it is a stone but this is not necessarily stone it could be stone i mean mm. steel concrete whatever it's yeah. it's a man made the world's biggest one is now a man made sarcophagus of course and okay so i'm thinking on the lines huh? i think yeah, i have a go guess ahead, go ahead. i have couple of guesses but both of them are on the same line my first guess would be again i'm not so sure about the timelines on either but the general direction i'm thinking is one guess is your bhopal gas tragedy the other is chernobyl so what i'm thinking is those who were affected by these in uh, bhopal like, like 1984 so eliminate bhopal okay so when was chernobyl if you could uh, tell me was it around the same absolutely time absolutely on track absolutely on track So this was because these were the people who died from radiation of Chernobyl and because their bodies were still emitting radiations did they then put them into these like the what is as you put it the largest or the biggest sarcophagus is that what happened well brilliant i mean you you've got the thing so what happened was you know when chernobyl happened it actually hmm. happened on 24th april 1986 you know okay. the reactor 4 completely burst and uh, you know within a week or so the soviet engineers then came down and they just poured tons and tons of concrete and steel to somehow mm-hmm. contain it mm-hmm. and they managed to contain it but they knew that what they had built was not good enough and what happened was then few years later when you know soviet union sort of broke up ukraine found in late 90s the whole structure was starting to break and then okay. a chernobyl sort of shelter protection fund was created which has built this gigantic steel hmm. and concrete structure which covers okay. the entire thing so this is probably the world's largest steel structure built to contain the nuclear radiation uh-huh. in chernobyl nice 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 i mean not so nice but yeah it's interesting definitely not so nice but yeah it's a man made thing so but yeah you got it clearly not taj mahal in that case then <laughs> no yeah and and i think the bhopal was also a close guess but uh, this is good really good 
good deduction all right so chandan time for your last question for the audience uh, the audience can answer this question the audience can send in their answers our social media handles are there uh, they can send us their answers and we will be picking out the winner from them our social media handle is quiz time india that is on instagram and this since this is a studio 41 podcast you can also reach out to us on at the rate podcast studio 41 on instagram and twitter and studio 41 on facebook now chandan over to you tell us the audience question thanks aditya so here it goes um i'm asking the name of a person He started as a commercial artist. He is credited to have made the tea board of India's advertisement poster titled "How to Make Tea," an honorary doctorate from Oxford University. Only the second person in his profession to be awarded so. He shares something in common with Claude Garamond and Stanley Morrison. His moment of inspiration came when, in London, he watched the movie "Ladri de Bicicleta." who am i talking about who is chandan talking about thank you aditya for having me i thoroughly enjoyed this and i think you've kind of rekindled my interest and in getting back into quizzing so thank you so much for that so glad we could do this it's absolutely an honor it's been absolute fun for me too And that marks the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for staying tuned in. And if you'd like to send in the answers, as I said, Quiz Time India on Instagram. This is a Studio Forty One podcast at the rate Podcast Studio Forty One on Instagram and Twitter Studio Forty One on Facebook. Now that all of that is done, this is me Aditya signing off. I'll be seeing you guys next week with another quiz. I hope you have a great week ahead. Thank you for your time. You can thank me for mine.